announcements, I'll have a total of about 15 minutes. We're going to jump right into it. Turn in your word, Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 1. I will not get through it. I always tell you how many pages I got. 25 pages. So uh, we'll start today. We'll drive a stake down in it, and we'll pick it up next Sunday. Because this is some of the most important words that you're going to hear from us, from me. I may leave these up here for a few weeks. may leave them up there permanently. You never know. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Talking about the vision of this church. The utter of this ship. The steering wheel. What is it that drives Stratford Heights Church? We're going to talk about that over the next several weeks. We're going to pray also over the word real quickly. But as we do, we're not going to forget... Our young people, it's a big hole over here because a whole bunch of them are down in Oklahoma and they're at the youth camps down there ministering these two weeks and so another whole team left yesterday and and the day before and they've been getting down to Oklahoma and they're sending pictures and services are crazy awesome and uh, proud of our youth pastor and his wife Whitney as they're leading this crew and so we want to keep them in our prayers, amen, amen, so we're going to Go on Facebook, watch them live. The services are streamed, so go on there and look at them and look at all the pictures of our kids as they're ministering. And Jane, I left a card for you right here. I'll put them with your flowers. So nobody take those. Those those are Jane's. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Habakkuk was writing. He had been complaining. He'd been registering his complaint to the Lord, making it clear, you know, kind of, to be honest, I, I've been there of late. Yeah. When I'm looking at the fact that what they're telling us, Cindy, is that 10,000 churches a year close. 1,500 pastors leave the ministry every month. It's 18,000 a year. Stress and attack has come on the body of Christ and upon the Lord's kingdom and His work. How many of you know Jesus said, I'm going to build a strong church? I'm going to build a strong church. So the church that I built is going to be built on me. Him, not me. Him. His vision, His story. And He said, in that church, the very gates of hell will not prevail against it. The statistics show that depression and despair, financial issues and marriage problems, that all of these things are closing down churches and running ministers off. 57% out of the Fuller Theological Seminary, 57% of pastors that that they talked to said, Rhonda, that if they had another opportunity to get out, they would. We need a move of God. And I thank God for a move. I thank God that, I promise you, I'm not looking to get out. You may have to run me off. But I'm not, we're not going to buy into the statistics of a church that's not built on Jesus. I believe, I believe that if we build the church that he builds, if we follow the outline that Jesus, I'm not worried about pampering your ego. Not worried about you and your fame, your glory. 
Now I worry about that's not the church Jesus is building. He don't have celebrities in his kingdom. He only has very humble and broken servants. And when we build on those things, when we build on the precepts of his word, then he says, hell cannot touch you. So we're going to find out through the next several weeks, what is the model of the church? Not that we don't, you know, we, we, we need all those ministries out there. We need them. Thank God for crusades. Thank God for Billy Graham. I don't know that he ever pastored a church, but he pastored millions. Thank God for him. But here at the church, Sister Beverly, we, we have to have the model that Jesus put in place for us. It starts, I believe, right here in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand my watch and set myself on the guard post, the rampart, and watch to see what he will say to me. Because he's been praying, he's been complaining, he's been ushering out there. Lord, the statistics are terrible. The pastors are burning out. The churches are closing their doors. The average attendance in America for a church is 83. So thank God we're busting through that record. But by and large, the church needs a revival, needs a move of God. That's why instead of following the order of service this morning to the T, sometimes we just go. Because sometimes it's important, always it's important for us to put as a priority the moving of the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do in the service. I will watch what He will say to me, what I will answer when I'm corrected, or how He answers my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. I put in parentheses, write God's answer. Make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Everybody say, it's coming. It's here, I like that. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. When it comes, it will be exactly, exactly as he has said it would be. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not be delayed. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you're here with us this morning. So thankful that you love every one of us, that you love this church, and those that are watching online. Thank you for what you're doing through us as a church and what you've done this morning. Thank you for this city and every opportunity that we have to be your hands and your heart to every one of them. Bless and touch us today. Let your Holy Spirit speak to us and May we be challenged to be the church that you've designed, that you've put together. We believe that, God, you've got your hand on us, that we are moving in your will. We believe we're following the vision you've laid out, that, God, use the angels of the Lord and the precious Holy Spirit to speak to us, to keep us on track to be your church. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Vision, God's answer for our next steps. Now listen, I'm going to stop real quick because I, I have a couple of other things I, I wanted to say. One is that Kat's 
the Katzeltnik. Katzeltnik, is that right? The family is here. It's Claudia, my friend. Would you stand? And your mother, Yolanda, right? Stand for us, please. We want to recognize you and thank you so much for being in our service today. You are our special guests, and we honor you today. Claudia, we've missed you. You are part of us, so we love you and so happy you're in Ohio. Uh, his brother, Pastor Gary Lee, is probably preaching somewhere. He's a wonderful evangelist of the Word of God, and so we're grateful to have you today. Thank you for being with us. The vision, the God's answer to the world, for the world. God's answer for us as a church. You know, we as a church... We are 103 years old. Now that says a whole lot about our history, especially on Heritage Day. I mean, I want you to come back tonight. Pastor James is going to be speaking. Uh, they're going to have one of them uh, Y'all Come Up choirs. Have you ever seen those? I used to go to a church when I was very young, and Brother Lawson, Charles Lawson, Missy, if you remember him, he'd get up and he'd say, now y'all, y'all get up here. We need people to sing in the choir. And every week people would get up out of their seats and they'd, you know, put their kid down, they'd, they'd go up to the choir loft, and he'd say, now y'all help us, we hadn't had time to practice, and we'd sing, victory in Jesus, beautiful songs, wonderful songs, we're going we're gonna to do a y'all come up choir tonight, we also have the men of valor, are going to be blessing us with song, they'll be singing this evening, so we have a heritage night. It's a night, as Pastor Brian mentioned, that we are interested and we want to bring a sense of respect and honor to our heritage. 103 years old. It's amazing that God has kept us, that the Lord has ministered through this church, through the Depression, ministered through the, the world wars, uh, ministered through uh, terrorism and, and all kinds of troubles and turmoils. Uh, the stock market crashes, the, the civil rights issues and the fight for civil rights in, in our uh, nation. And all of those, when the, whenever the, the nation was in turmoil and things were going on, the church has stood through those things. I believe that there's a reason why this church, if 10,000 a year are closing their doors, how is it that we've made it now all the way to 103. You look pretty good, by the way, for 103. You must have had work done. Hundred and three years old. Through all those troubles and all those wars, Vietnam, all those times and, and seasons where the country's just been in such turmoil. 103 years of answered prayers, 103 years of miracles. 103 years of people getting saved because there were 103 years of the gospel being preached. 103 years of building for the kingdom. It's something that's been part of the great history of this church. That They've been building all the way back to 1920, back in Clayton Street times. So we're always in a building program. Brother Biggs in a building program. Brother Graham in a building program. Brother Sargent started one. And then Brother Watkins came in and moved and relocated the congregation up on the hill here. And we just come through another 
facility uh, building project. God is always kind of, we've been on assignment for 103 years and, and it just seems like God just keeps working with us in the same ways. And I believe that our success, and when I say success, meaning people being saved, people being healed, more than 83 on a Sunday morning, because we're breaking all the barriers and the records that are out there against us, I believe that is because we are strict and following the vision that has been outlined in God's word for a church. We don't budge to the left or right of that. Now, I don't know what your next pastor will do, but I know this pastor, as long as I'm here, we will hold to our heritage. We will appreciate where we've come from and the people that have paid the price. I'm not responsible for where I'm at. I'm riding a beautiful heritage wave that has come through 103 years. And it is my responsibility and your responsibility to carry the torch into the next generation to declare that we are still a Holy Ghost-filled, Pentecostal, holiness church living in congruency with the Word of Almighty God. And as we commit in our, in our care, in our ministry, in our focus to that, I believe it comes down to four Things, four lines that I want you to memorize, one on each side. I want you to know this. I, we're going to start saying it together on Sunday mornings at the opening. We're going to start saying, okay, we exist too. And I want to hear you say, we exist to embrace God, connect with one another, pursue growth, and to serve the world. And then we'll clap and everybody will be all happy because that's who we are. Every ministry, every pastor, everything we do based around these four four subjects, these four lines. shouldn't be hard for you to memorize the constitution of the Stratford Heights Church of God. It's only four lines. I want you to know it. I want you to get it in your heart. I want you to say it. We're going to say it together here in a little while. But I want us to, to talk about what God has done. We've, we've come, as I said, since 1915 on this Heritage Sunday morning. Times and methods have changed. We don't look the same as we did back on Auburn Street at that cute little white house where everybody was gathered on the front lawn and on the front porch singing a few uh, tunes and, and reading the Bible and studying together. We don't look the same. We don't look the same as they did in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. We, we don't look like the same church as they were at Clayton Street or Harlem Park and all the beehives and, and all the, the rules and regulations. We've come a long way, baby. But I've noticed that inside all of the changes that have happened, there have been a few things that have been consistent. And here's what they are, and here's what will never change. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, born of a virgin, and died on Calvary's cross, crucified for our sins, but rose again on the third day and sits at the right hand of the Father now. He has sent the Holy Ghost baptism to be comforter and teacher to the people. And he says, I will build my church on myself. And the word declares, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As long as I understand and I know the rules, the policies, the procedures, the law of how to build a church, I believe we'll be a church that'll still be ready, oil in our lamps and trimmed, waiting when the bridegroom comes knocking at the midnight hour. We are going to stay true to the principles of God's word. He filled us with his Holy Spirit. And then in Matthew chapter 28, he gave us the secret. 
formula. You thought, wondered if I was going to get to that. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. This is how you build a church. You want to know where we got these four lines? We got them from this verse of Scripture because this is the ultimate vision of every church, every ministry. What Jesus said, she was getting ready to leave them. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. That's why everything we do is to the glory of Jesus. That's why relationship is with Jesus. That's why everything is built on him. He looked at Peter who said, thou art the son of God. He said, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood's not revealed that to you, but my father which is in heaven. And on this truth, like your name that's Cephas, rock, I'm going to build my church. The gates of hell won't prevail against it. That's the only way to secure that we are going nowhere, Middletown. We're going nowhere. We're not going down. Don't matter what Congress says. Doesn't matter what the Senate votes in. Doesn't matter what laws in Ohio come on the books. As long as there is a rock, Christ Jesus, there will always be a church. Always. Jesus came and spoke to them. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. There's a whole lot in this New Testament that Jesus commanded us, including many times where he reverted back to the Old Testament parchment. So that just means we're to teach all of this. Say amen. The whole word rightly divided. Make disciples, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and then he threw it in and said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the Great Commission. So as we look at the Great Commission, and we understand that this is the vision that Jesus laid out for the church, and then Habakkuk says, we want to know the, the law of operation? He says, write the vision, make it plain, so that those who read it can run. And when we understand and know that that's important, that's why we got it on a banner for you today. We didn't waste money doing this. That's important. As a matter of fact, you need to memorize this because Habakkuk, the writer, the prophet, in answer to God who spoke to him said, write the vision, make it plain so that everybody who reads it can run. Amen. So you can run. If you know that every ministry in this church Everything we do is based on these four principal lines that are in congruency and alignment with Jesus' vision in Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, that it's easy for you to understand. We won't do ministries that don't fall within here, and we don't now. Any ministry that we start in this church, it will answer one of these statements. It'll fall in underneath it because we're trying to have order, and we're trying to move forward in a vision that's been laid out in the presence and power of God's word. The principles that laid out, that Habakkuk laid out, is a law of operation. Now, when we understand that, and I, I, I wrote some stuff about the, some of those statistics, and I've given them to you. And I talked about Henry Ford. You know, it was over 100 years ago that he had a vision, too. He had a vision that was crazy. And, and you might be thinking, I'm crazy this morning. But if 
you do, then I'm in good company. Because 100 years ago, he told people, he said, I'm going to do something really nuts. I'm going to put metal together, put wheels on it, put a little engine inside of it. And every household, every human being, everybody is going to own one of these contraptions. It's going to be a motor coach. They laughed at him and they said, Henry Ford, you've lost your mind. Why don't you just give us faster horses? And they all voted and put a big petition against him and said, we just want faster horses. See, a pastor and leader is a shepherd. He can't, can't always listen to the sheep. The sheep will just want faster horses. But Henry Ford had it in his mind that he was going to make a motor car. And he was going to make it so affordable that Everybody could have one. They said, that'll never happen. I'm going to make it cheap enough. I'm going to make it have seats enough for the family. And families can go and see God's great, great, great creation. They scoffed at him. They laughed at him until the checks started rolling in. And now the Ford Motor Company is history. And you and I know that that vision, which was bigger than life, it was unattainable, it seemingly. But he painted such a beautiful picture of it that when the vision was clear and written down and people were able to read it, follow it. Well, let's just ask this morning, a hundred years later, how many of you have a car? Some of you, how many need a car? <laughs> How many of you have a Ford? Who? <clears throat> there you go, Henry. Write the vision. Make it plain. It's easy for us to understand that we have big dreams. I have big dreams. See, the average attendance in America is 83, but our average attendance on a given Sunday is our, our average a couple months ago, I haven't seen the, the latest quarter, but the last quarter we were in was 1,043 on Sunday mornings that we have in-house. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. You know why that's okay? Because I believe with all my heart God has made us to want increase. God's designed us to want increase. I, don't, I go to some meetings and, and some pastors who try to, I don't know, explain away why the fact that the Lord doesn't isn't really like blessing and moving in their congregation. They, they've been there for 30, 40 years, and, and, and they have 10 people. And I don't, make, I don't judge that, and I don't talk about that. It's just that he, he'll say something. You know why it's still 10 people? Not because he's not a good preacher, not because he's not holy, and not because he's not called and doing a good work. You know why it stays that way? Because the next thing comes out of his mouth at one of the meetings I was at. He said, you know, I've just been called to pastor a tiny church. I'm not like you big wigs trying to pastor them big churches he said i've just been called to pastor a little church well as your faith is so be it if you see your god little and tiny and you think that's all you're called to do that's all you're going to do but i believe with all my heart that god calls us to increase i have never met an author who said i only want to sell 10 books <laughs> i just i just want a little bookshelf just a little place. Barnes and Nobles, I just want about three books on the shelf. That's all. Just, just see it there. No. I don't know any gardener or any 
I know, Amy, you don't go out there and you, you're big and planting a beautiful big orchard of a garden. And, and I don't think you go out there and, and you're like, now, now you listen, I only want just a little handful. Don't you guys go crazy. Don't, don't you dare fill up. I, I can't do that. I just want to, I just want a little bit. No, we want a cropper. We, we want, we want to, we want to explode. We want to expand. We want to see that we're built to grow. We're built to expand. We're built to want big things. I came into this thing as pastor, and I said, I want to build something for the kingdom of God. When, when you're gone on vacation, I worry about you. Well, I'll sit there and stare. I'll look at empty holes in a pew, and I get all worried, and I start praying, Lord, fill that pew. Put somebody in that pew. We got a place for somebody to be seated. We started two services, and thank God, about half of you went over to the other service so we could put more people in. We want to do that, and guess what? I've already decided one o'clock is going to be that third service, and we're going to do that one when we get two services full. Why? Because I don't think we should ever stop and settle for anything less than doing God the very best that we can. The difference is I'm not doing that for you or for me. It's not for us. It's not for a preacher. It's not for a church. It's not for our name. It's for the glory and honor of a Savior who gave his life for us. And he deserves, he deserves the excellence of ministry. You know why? Because this is not our story. It's his story. It's his story, and it deserves to be told. It deserves to be felt and known. I'm walking out of this church today, and you know what? I'm, I'm walking out, standing right over there, feeling hot fire go through my body. I know I've been healed today. I'm just believing it with all my heart. I know it. The doctor will confirm it, but I already know it. I know he didn't send hot liquid into my body for no reason. I didn't have just a flush of a fever all of a sudden. I believe with all my heart as they were laying hands on me, and then all of a sudden I felt hot go through my body. I knew that something had happened. This is his story. It's his vision. It's his church. And we are responsible. We're responsible to move in the vision that he's given to us. And I will not have time to do this, but that's okay because I didn't have it in first service neither. So we'll just pick right up next week and talk about the four points. The first one being embrace God. How many of you know it all starts with loving Jesus? It all starts right there. You can't have a church, not a real church. I've seen country club churches. I've seen clubs. I've, I've seen people, social gatherings. I've seen, uh, you know, sewing groups. I, I've seen all that kind of stuff in the name of a church. I've, I've seen that. But the church that'll stand through the world wars and the, through the depression and through the difficult times in our lives, even at times when the enemy hit this church back in the 80s, we stood when others scoffed and laughed and one man was quoted as saying, they'll shut the doors of Harlem Park in six months. Well, I got news for you. Here it is, 2018, and we're still going. You know why? Because we stayed true to the vision of God's word. Write the vision, make it plain. Number one, embrace God. Say that, embrace God. 
We need to love Jesus. It all starts with a relationship with Jesus, not with the preacher, not with the church, not with a particular denomination or a non-denomination, but with Jesus himself, the one who gave his life, the Savior that went to the cross. The great gospel and good news comes from a Lord who loved us enough to leave the throne, to come to the earth, live and hear Give his life so that you and I could be set free. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes me whiter than snow. It begins with a relationship with Jesus. And as a church, the first priority we have is to create ministries, to create atmosphere. I call it a stratosphere. We're setting the stratosphere. That's conducive to worship, and to praise, and to love of Jesus. That's the first and highest priority of this church. That's why we come in on a Sunday morning like we had this morning, and we tear up the order of service. Because our first priority, Sister Marie, is to embrace God. And if a wind of the Holy Spirit is going to come down through this sanctuary, I'm not standing in his way. I'm not about to quench the spirit and stop the move. If he wants to lay us all out on the floor and minister to our spirits, I'm all for it. Just so it's decent and in order. And it's God and not you and me. I, I can discern when it's flesh. And I'll, we'll stop that. I've seen some crazy things in church before. But I've also seen some beautiful things in church. I've seen a lady who was in the first service this morning years and years ago. She had never been drunk in the spirit. I'd heard about people being drunk in the spirit. This is a classy, quiet lady. Doesn't I mean, everything in place, her nails, her shoes, everything's perfect all the time. And she was sitting there, and the Holy Ghost moved in the service. Next thing you know, she is drunk as 4 o'clock in the morning. And she, they had to carry her out. She was literally rolling, laying all over the place. They, her husband picked her up like this, and she was like a rag doll hanging off him. And she was drunk. He took her home, speaking in tongues, laid her in her bed, and she was still there hours later, speaking in an unknown language because we've seen some mighty, wonderful moves of God in this church through the years. <laughs> Embrace God, loving and embracing Jesus, being in the secret place of the Most High. God in our lives, in our hearts, expressed with love. This is the church that Jesus has built, and I do not have time to do the other 12 pages I have left. Stand with me this morning. But we begin with the first thing. I want you, you can see this online. It's on Facebook. We posted them this morning and last night. I want you to read it. I want you to study it. I want you to look at it. I want you to think, what does it mean? What does it mean to embrace God? What does it mean? What, why is... Number two, why is connecting with one another so important to this church? Why is pursuing growth so important? And it ends with serving the world in everything we do. All of our eternal values. Everything that Stratford Heights Church is. It centers around these four visionary statements. So that's why I want you to memorize them. I want you to be able to walk up to somebody and say, embrace God, connect with one another, pursue growth, and serve the world. I want you to memorize them. When the pastors come up on Sunday morning, I want them to say, we exist. And as soon as they say, we exist for, I want you to say, embrace God, connect with one another, pursue growth, and serve the world.
when you and I start understanding, well, well, Pastor, we're talking about a brand new ministry in the church. Well, where does it fit? Because if it doesn't fit one of these, then we don't have time. This is going to take us right into the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is going to take us. This is going to be the church. You know why? Because this, now here's your homework. Go back to Matthew chapter 28. Because I want you to go to Matthew chapter 28. Read the scriptures there beginning with verse 18. And I want you to see how all four of these are found inside the vision statement that Jesus gave us. That's how I know if we stay true to the vision, we'll run. If we stay true to the vision, we'll not fail. The very gates of hell will come against us and we'll still be standing in the name of Jesus Christ and by him all things consist. Amen? Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for today, the moving of your spirit in this place. Thank you for the prayer that we've had, the people that have been ministered to. Praise you and thank you for our juniors, the talent that they're taking to Orlando, Florida for the General Assembly. God, bless them. Keep them safe. Let them feel and sense your presence all along the way as they're giving their gifts and talents to you for excellence. Lord, may it be honored and favored and blessed by you. Not asking that they win necessarily, but Lord, we're expecting they'll do their very best. We thank you for that. I pray that you will bless and touch our families. Thank you for Sister Jane and Brother Bud and the sacrifice, the servanthood that they have given to our church. We honor them today. We thank you for their lives and how they have blessed and ministered. I just pray that you'll continue to use them and bless them as we are so thankful they're part of our church family. I pray that you'll minister to us as a congregation. Bring us back for heritage tonight. Let it be a time of celebration. Put off barbecue. Put off watching a movie. And everybody come together tonight to celebrate our heritage. In the blessed name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And I won't say amen because I need you to just bow your head for a second. I want you to indulge me. The Holy Spirit just prodded me that I can't let an opportunity go for someone to accept Jesus Christ before we leave. If you're here today and you need the Lord, you've felt the presence of God in this service, and you know He died for you, and you need to make, you need to make a commitment for Him to be Lord of your life, then real quick, I want you to just lift up your hand and write back down, and we're going to pray with you today. Are you here? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else? Three hands have gone up. Is there anyone else? Praise God for these three. Is there anyone else? Pastor, I want to pray. I want to pray. All right. Thank you. Thank God for these three. Now I know why the Holy Spirit said, don't you dare close the service. How many all right with that? Say amen. We're going to pray a prayer. It's a simple prayer. Much like our, our vision statement. It's just simple. Jesus didn't make it hard. He said, if a man or a woman believes in their heart, that Jesus is the Son of God and that He died on the cross, rose from the dead, purchased their salvation with His sacrifice, and they confess it with their mouth. He said, you are saved. So we're going to pray a prayer that does just that. So if you're here and you're ready to pray that prayer with me, let's pray it together. Church, let's pray it with them. Ready? Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. Be Lord of my life. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. 
You are the Son of God, and I receive you today. Help me to be strong, to live for you until you come for me. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Let's celebrate with them. And very quickly, if you were interested in going to Israel with us, we are planning a trip next January 29th through February 8th. There's an informational meeting happening in the choir room. I'm going to go straight there. We're going to meet with anyone who's interested. You're not saying, yes, I'm going. You're saying, I want to hear about it some more. I want to pick up a packet and I want to look at it. Please go with us. It would be awesome if the whole church would go. We'd have a ball. But I would love for, to meet you back here. We're going to have a packet of information. going to share with you some of the things that we know at this point about the trip. And if you're still interested, there's room for you. So come by the choir room right around the corner here to my right. And uh, we'll meet you there in a few minutes. God bless you. We'll see you this evening. Yes, we will see you this evening at 6 o'clock at our Heritage Night. We want to remind you, if you're new to our church and you would like more information about our church, if you go out into the lobby to your left down the corridor there at the information desk, they have some information they can give you. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day.